Journey's going to be on the road next summer with the Pretenders, an extensive North American tour featuring all new production and hits from start to finish. Your chance to see them live is May 21st at Yasana Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or win them right now. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. You'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Two tickets for Journey and the Pretenders live May 21st, Yasani Amphitheater, 855-340-ZONE. Be caller number 12 right now. Utah got a good one, I'm told. Oh, yeah. Bryson Barnes. He signed with the Utes. Milford High School, baby. Where's Milford? Way out in the middle of nowhere, but he won like four and a half state titles, it feels like, every year. So it's this in-state kid? In-state kid, played quarterback down there. They won the 1A state title three straight years. He played basketball. 1A, huh? Yeah. Quarterback. You drive past Milford all the time when you go down to uh, Southern Utah to golf or down to Vegas to cover the conference tournaments or a bowl game or whatever. You'll fly right by it. It's about where Beaver is, but it's not on I-15. It's a little west. Oh, okay. Not very far. I mean, you'd be there in like 10 minutes. Just okay. 10 or 15 minutes All off right. the freeway. I don't know that I've ever heard of it. A two-way power, PK. Well, that's cool that a kid from a small school can have this opportunity to come up here and play for the Utes. Live the dream. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Small town kid. What better story is that than that one? It's signing day. We were just talking with uh, Brian Brown from the Ute Zone about the Utes and the ability to keep kids home. You know, I think to a certain degree, too, we're holding them to kind of an old school standard, PK. Who called if holding you, who? What? Holding who? In-state schools, especially the Utes, on that whole thought. you got to okay, keep gotcha, the in-state gotcha. kids at home. All right, yeah. Because when you start checking other states, and I'm not hardcore enough to check 50 of them, but I am, uh, I'm nerd boy enough to check a half dozen of them around. It got me going because you were talking about the Sun Devils and how few Arizona kids they keep at home. Yes. And you can go on these websites and you can check by state. And, you know, for anybody who doubts you, oh, PK doesn't know what he's talking about. No, he actually does. They're keeping very few kids at home. And you can check this year. You can check last year, two years ago, three years ago, whatever you want to do. And so I thought, well, what are other states doing? And Washington. Okay, Washington, they got a pretty good program. Uh, they've won a couple conference titles here. And they've got seven four-star kids. And I get this stuff's kind of arbitrary, but let's just uh-huh. go with it, okay? Uh-huh. This year, they are keeping three of the seven at home. Stanford and Cal are each taking one kid, and Ohio State got one. And so I thought, well, what about a state where you don't have uh, a power program like Washington? Okay, Colorado. They got a few more people. Uh, You know, how does CU do in state? Of the top 10, they're keeping one kid at home. Yeah. And there's a second one they might get. There's uh, one kid is 50-50, hasn't decided yet, and it's Colorado versus somebody else. So maybe they'll get two of the top 10. So I went to Nevada. Okay, now that's a little different because they don't have a power five school in the state, so it's a little apples and oranges there. Yeah, they got twenty-five kids ranked, and right now they got zero. As of last night, they had zero committed in state. 
Oh, it's an epidemic in Nevada. So, so I went back a year or two, and it's like, okay, so UNLV got two of the top 20, and Nevada got two of the top 20. They're just, they're not keeping anybody in state. Now, everybody's deal is a little different. Nevada's so close to California that if you're sitting in Reno or Vegas, you can get a kid from two or three hours away and still get a pretty good kid. You know, you test further away, it's a little different deal. Arizona, Oregon, and Washington all have more kids. You know, they're, they're bigger states, higher population. But when people say, Utah high school football is really good, you always wonder if they're coming on the air and just blowing a little bit of smoke because they're on the radio in Utah. But for, when you match it up with the population of these other states, if Utah produces as many kids as Oregon or Washington or Colorado or Arizona, that's impressive because all those states have way more people. Correct. So per capita, Utah football is pretty good. They're they're not blowing smoke. You know, that's really that's that's the truth. Yeah, I think we've known that. So I think if the Utes are getting four of the top five kids, they're 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 doing well in state. There aren't many, there aren't that many people pulling that off. Obviously California's a completely different beast because everybody recruits California and there's so many people in so many schools in state and everybody out of state. You know got the most four star kids out of California this year? ASU? The train. The Herm Train. The Herm Train. Yeah. The Herm Train. That's what they say anyway. You know, like seven four-star kids out of there. Oregon's a weird deal. They did not have a single kid in the state this year rated as a four- or five-star no, kid. No, Oregon doesn't play good high school football. No. It's too small. And they, they don't have enough of a Polynesian population to augment it. And they probably don't have enough of an African-American population to augment it either. I don't know what it is. But having been to Portland, or to the state of Oregon many times for work, yeah, you, you can see why Utah is much better. And you can see why Oregon has to recruit nationally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You see why they have to cheat. What was his name? Willie? Willie Lyles. Oh, I don't know who he is because you called him Willie. And he, yeah, I, I call know him Will. I call him Will. I'm one of Chip Kelly's famous lines. <laughs> Chip Kelly played enough. <laughs> Chip. Chip. You've been cheating, Chip. We can all see it. It's clear as day. Uh, well, they like to look at it as competing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I guess if they're competing with SEC teams, they're probably true. I mean, it's a, it's an arms race out there for sure to get the guys. It's, There's uh, all kinds of stories. out. You see the story that says the Pac-12 spent $100 million on recruiting, and that's not nearly enough? I know. And there's another story out yeah. there that the, the Pac-12 is trending towards being a $40 million revenue concert, conference, but by the time they get to $40 million, the SEC mm-hmm. and the Big Ten are going to be at $80 million. Yeah, I know. Literally We're, we're going to have Chris Hill doubling in, on uh, Friday, and those are some of the things I wanted to run by him. You know, they're honoring him Saturday, justifiably. and uh, Cal basketball yeah. game, 6 o'clock. He's going to have his name. I mean, they can't put a jersey in the rafters because he's the AD, but that's essentially what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. 31 some, years of Some service. recognition, sure. For, yeah, and yeah. I know, obviously he deserves that. And and we can reminisce a little bit with him over the 31 years. I think he's done that enough. But, uh, you know, what what can this conference do to to be more competitive? And, and one of the things, you know, and football is really the driving factor, basketball to a lesser extent, but certainly football. And one of the things is to try to keep as many kids within the conference as possible that are in the conference you know Larry Scott doesn't care which team 
or teams are great. He just wants them, somebody. And, yeah, it really doesn't matter who's right. in the playoff. And so for his sake, he wants to have these kids that grow up in the boundaries of the Pac-12 to stay. stay in. But so much of it isn't going to be that. And one of the transformations that I've seen Herm Edwards make and what's he been on the job? Well, I just finished two years, right? Mm-hmm. And you almost every time he talks now, it's Kyle Whittingham. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Oh, really? Yeah. He just sounds exactly like Kyle? Yeah, m- way like more you, so. If you read the words and don't hear the voice or see the face, but if you just read the words and they weren't attributed, you wouldn't know who was saying them? Yeah, is I it think that close? Herm is a little bit more uh, storyteller. Kyle's more meat and potatoes, get to the facts, state it. He stated, mm-hmm. you know, well enough, certainly. Herm likes to, he likes to be more philosophical. It's, you're both saying the same thing. But it's been interesting to me to watch Herm, who hadn't recruited ever in his life for, for 30 years, and Kyle's been recruiting every day of, basically every day of every year for 30 years, and he knows what it's about, and he'll tell you, he'll just beat it over the, your head with you, make sure you understand. And Herm has made massive strides in getting the point of being a good football team. I mean, I don't care how great you are in X's and O's. You've got to have the horses. It's just a fact. And listening to him talk, they've realized, hey, you could have all this NFL experience that you want. they got tons of NFL experience on their coaching staff, you know. Nobody has more than they do. Uh, Marvin Lewis just getting co-defensive coordinator. Marvin Lewis has, you know, been in the NFL for years and years. Coach of the year, all that stuff. Well, great, but if you don't have the guys to coach, then you're not going to win. So it's all about at least 90% is recruiting to get the guys. And then, you know, that's Utah talking about and just had uh, Brian Brown on talking about how, you know, they're getting that better class of kids. And that's why they're winning more. And they're competing at, a, at an extremely high level. The coaching, I don't think, has gotten the coaching always been good. It hasn't gotten any better. It's the talent. That's gotten better. And if you can get this kid who decommitted, what's his name, Clark Phillips? Well, it appears anyway on paper right now that he's going to just replace Jalen Johnson. We'll find out when we get to the season opener against the Cougars, but it appears that that's what it is. And if you're stealing kids from Ohio State, well, those are eye-openers. You've you've got to have those guys. And listening to Herm talk, all right, Herm, you figured it out in a short time. I don't care how good you are, how much – philosophy you give us and how much NFL experience you have. You don't have NFL guys. They're not getting in the NFL. Well, there's that. (laughs) Much as I'd like to argue with you. You have to get the guys who have the measurables and all that. You can still coach up the three-star guys. But if you're coaching them up, I would think that if you start with three-star guys, if you could put two of the ten into the NFL because you coach them up. If you started with four-star guys, maybe you could put four or five of them in the NFL. And have a couple extra NFL guys running around the field? Or six, seven, and eight. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. I mean, that's what we're seeing with the Utes. That makes all the difference. How many more disruptors do you have? How many more elite guys do you have? And I think the other thing with the Utes is you want to get them in key positions, but the defense has been really good. Can you get a four-star guy at an offensive skill position? Now, they've had a couple of really good running backs. But receivers and quarterback, can you upgrade them more? Yeah. They've upgraded them a little, and it's clearly paid off a little. Quarterback, so if you upgrade yes. them a lot, will it pay off a lot? Although I'd rather have my – if I'm going to put NFL guys in, I would choose 
to ensure that I have a winning season and, and, and then go from there, I would choose the way Kyle has done it and get the interior guys and get the defensive backs. And then if you can get the other guys, awesome. But if you can't, I'd rather have the, the NFL guys where he's had them. Because I think if you win seven games in this conference, you have a really good team. I think that's and true. And obviously eight and nine. I think that's and true. That's but what no he's matter, done. No matter what you get as a fan base or, you know, inside as a player or a coach, whatever you have, you want a little more. I mean, Mike Dolak always talked about that. And with Van Horn gone, I thought he was crazy, but they got a little more. They'd been in the regional final the year after they'd been in the Sweet 16. He wanted Final Four and he got it. And so you always want a little more. And I just don't know if the Utes can get a little more by continuing to do what they've done. And if they're going to add to it, Yes, they still need defensive linemen who are NFL guys, and they still need defensive backs who are NFL guys. Right. But if they're going to do a little more, they probably need them somewhere else. Okay, but those guys are like pitching. It's hard to get. There's yeah. not as many of them. There's not as many great and, quarterbacks. And I probably ought to say, you know, throw in offensive line there because the offensive line play was not stellar this past season. Now, no, they but 11, they needed to reload. They won 11 games. But it needs to be better. And the, you're right. On the offensive line cycle, they were reloading because they had sent guys to the NFL. Yeah. And they lost a lot of guys and are rebuilding. I don't think you can expect Utah to not miss a beat. As That's too big an ask. Oregon and I'd USC, put them you can in hold most them. the category of the overwhelming majority of schools. Right. To just have a ton of seniors and then the next year. Be great again. Yeah. Across the board. Right. I would say Oregon and USC get held to that Stanford standard. standard. Maybe Stanford and Washington do, but really not. I mean, Stanford was clearly down this year. And I don't think anybody was, you know, questioning their coaching staff. Now, if they're down again, they'll be questioning. Well, you question them in their ability to get the guys to, to win. You don't question their X's and O's. You question their ability to get the guys. That's what it boils down to. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz will try and snap their four-game losing streak tonight at home against the Denver Nuggets. Game tips at 7 o'clock at Smart Home Arena. Pre-game show starts at 6. Nuggets coming off a win. They beat the Blazers at home last night, 127-99. The Joker went for 29 points and 13 boards. Rockets beat the Hornets 125-110. James Harden scores 40 points. Westbrook and Capella don't play, and Capella gets traded. Four-team, 12-player deal. Houston, Minnesota, Atlanta, Denver. The big moves, Houston giving up Capella, but getting Robert Covington from Minnesota, and presumably they're going to be playing smaller. New York Knicks fired their team president, Steve Mills, just two days before the NBA trade deadline. And college basketball tonight, Utah State hosts UNLV. The game's in Logan, 8 o'clock. Watch it on the CBS Sports Network. Listen to it right here on The Zone, starting at 7.30 with Scotty G on the pregame show. Top of the Wire brought to you by Minky Couture. What are you giving your Valentine? Make it a special personal gift from Minky Couture. Learn more at MinkyCouture.com. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. You ready? You guys ready? 
He is Craig Bowler, Jack. Defense is number one. That's what Quinn built this foundation on in the Jazz. But Rudy can't do it by himself. There's got to be somebody who can rotate and help. He's out on perimeter. A lot of guys on big guys like tomorrow night against the Joker. The guy loves shooting the three, so they got to be aware of help defense and making sure that any back cuts that Rudy's covered. And that's a difficult thing to do because I think Rudy is so good at what he does that sometimes they forget he won't be there to help them. They have to help themselves, and they got to help him as well. Hopefully the Jazz figure this thing out before you start this final five-game stretch to the All-Star break. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's five threes in a quarter like you did. Did you think there's a hot hand to believe about whatever you're channeling when you go through a stretch like that in the game? I guarantee the analytics person or people <laughs> has never, ever been in a zone in their life. LeBron didn't want to hear about analytics. He was hot. Five threes in a row, 36 points, nine assists. Lakers crushed the Spurs 129-102. to 102. Nuggets won. They're coming in to play the Jazz. They're going back to back. They had no problem with the Blazers. 127 to 99. The phenomenal run by Damian Lillard, 48 points, red hot. Came to a screeching halt. Perfectly respectable 21 points and nine assists, but eight of 23 shooting, one of six from three. You can't keep up what he was doing, PK, forever. Wouldn't think so. It's amazing he kept that up as long as he did. Although I would say the same thing out about LeBron at age 35, but yet he continues to amaze. Nuggets going back-to-back. Four-team, 12-player trade. Houston looks like the one that's the most interesting in all of this. Capella is out. Robert Covington is in. Rockets were 10-1 without Clint Capella. So they're, they're going to go small permanently, apparently, unless they make another move. Permanently, here. apparently. Unless they make another move. <laughs> Clock is ticking. Tick-tock. Still got a day. Well, they could add somebody who isn't in the league right now. Yeah. They could add, add them any time. It's not beyond the trade deadline. That that's that's irregardless of the trade deadline. Nuggets going back to back. They were involved in the trade. Got to assume that the new guys won't play. But do you think this trade really tr- changes the Nuggets that much? Who are they getting? I think they're getting mostly contracts, not. Uh, players, but let me uh, read it all out for you because I'll, I'll mess it up if I don't. It's 12 players. I'll mess it up if I don't have it all in front of me. Uh, let's see. The, the Nuggets aren't really losing anybody at their core, are they? No. Right. They're getting... Um, Denver acquires uh, Shabazz Napier, Keita Bates-Jop, forward Noah Vonley, and injured guard Gerald Green. Yeah. Minnesota gets uh, Jared Vanderbilt from Denver. They also got Evan Turner from Atlanta. So I think Atlanta's that, waving Chandler Parsons in all of this. I think it's about uh, Denver with their nucleus and seeing what they can do with these guys and getting them healthy, which they're not right now. Complete all of Jamal Murray came back. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. Uh, Will he go back to back? Just back in the lineup. There. At full strength, a very dangerous team, I believe. I think they're capable of, of certainly getting to the conference final. Yeah, capable? Yeah, you'd have to go with that. How many teams in the West are capable? Five? Well, now with the Rockets, I have to get some more uh, evidence 
to see because you're, this is a major piece for them. They're making a major trade. They're making major acquisitions and giving up major a major piece. So can I want to see. Can you go seven? There isn't much difference between two and seven. I wouldn't go seven. When you look at standings. No. I didn't think so, but I was taking a shot at five. Well, I want to see what the Rocks is, I'm saying. Yeah. I want, right now, I'd put the top four, although the Jazz today. Not looking like it today, yeah. but looking like it a week ago. Yeah, so we'll see where we're at here as we get into March. But certainly the Nuggets. Mavericks? Been, no. Thunder? No. Right. That's why I went five. We're on the same wavelength. Right now, my three are the, the Clippers, Lakers, Lakers and Clippers, Nuggets. Nuggets. I'd put them as the favorites, two of those three, being in the conference final. And I give a slight edge to the Clippers. You think they've got upside? They just haven't all their guys together. Right. But if they have all their guys together in the playoffs, give them an edge over the Lakers? Y- yes. Right, right now. The fact that they've stayed so close to the Lakers without all their guys has to say something. Right. Jazz tonight against the Nuggets. Are they going to defend better? Are they going to give up 120 points again? They're 2-8 and eight when they do that. I only care if they win. And I realize there's uh, formulas to win. But if they don't defend better and win, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> if they win 135-130? So be it. Yeah, they need to win. They, they, it's not a must win, but it's a need win for the psyche of the team. You don't want to go five. Five losing game, five, five game losing streak is just too much. You don't want to do that because then it creates all sorts of doubt going into the next game. And Confidence you know, matters a lot. Where does that end? Where does it begin? So now's the time to end this thing, and there's absolutely zero reason why they don't end it. This is, this is a scheduled win. We talk about scheduled losses. I also think this is a scheduled win. Now, I brought that up yesterday, and you shot me down. Was that just for sport? I don't remember. Yeah, because the Nuggets are going back-to-back, and the Jazz are home with three days off. It's not about the Nuggets. It's about the Jazz. Having three days off? Yes. I think both those things are factors, and they both work in your, to your advantage. Yeah, but I, I can't allow back-to-back to be a scheduled loss. I can't. I just cannot accept that theory. I don't. I don't want to accept that at all. I don't want to even think about that. But the Jazz are home. Yes. Where they've been much better. Yeah. They've had three days to rest and prepare, and the Nuggets are going back to back. So I think you add up all those things, and it's a scheduled win. A schedule. But I want. And you can make the back to back the least the, important the win, of the not three. the loss. If you can, okay. And if you want to make it. The least important of the three, I get it. Because I don't want to allow any allowance for losing, knowing that you're going to lose. Denver played back-to-back last week against the Jazz, went the next night and beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee yep. in Milwaukee's it, it all that. It, it, back-to-back is not a death sentence. It's not a guarantee. But, but it I does want it, tip the odds. But I want it from the win standpoint, I saying it. we should win because they're going back-to-back. I don't want it, well, we should lose because we're going back-to-back. I get it. That's what I won't accept. Let me explain it, because I don't think you understand. I think I get it. <laughs> and save it and repeat it, because I think they got another one coming up here. They, don't they have a Houston-Dallas back-to-back? Monday, like another week? Or no, yeah. Sunday-Monday. Sunday-Monday? Okay. Yeah, they got Houston at 5 o'clock. So I'm not going to accept that. I get it. 
No, you don't. I think I do. <laughs> I think the dead horse has been beat to death. Are you, you sure? Have, you've lived up to the cliche. Yes, I am. Are you following me? I'm, I'm, not a, I'm about to leave, honestly. Okay. I have been. I'm about to stop. Okay. We talked a little college hoop. The Aggies, 17-7. and seven. They got UNLV at home, 8 o'clock tonight. They've already lost to the Rebels in Las Vegas. Oh, revenge. Yes. And the Rebels started poorly, but have been playing well in conference. They are still, they still have a losing record, 11-12, and 12, but they're actually in front of Utah State by a half game in the Mountain West Conference standings. So that's got to change. The best thing that happened to UNLV basketball is the Golden Knights and the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Took the pressure off. Because then no one's obsessing, why can't we do what Tark did? And you just heard you're not, that for so long. Because you're not cheating the way Tark did. Well, then cheat the way Tark did. <laughs> he was really good at it, though. <laughs> it is a skill. Just do it in a grandfatherly just, way, and did. everyone's happy. And then and then when he got called on, he said, I really had the raspy voice. I really like Pac-10 transfers because their cars are already paid for. Hilarious, And his hilariousness, I think, was underrated. And everybody in the media loved him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can call him. Incredibly accessible. He gave me his cell phone. Yeah. Call me anytime. Nice. When he was at Fresno. Because I I didn't cover him. You didn't cover him in Vegas? I don't think so, no. He invited me to his hotel room for an interview when he was in Vegas. Yeah, I don't think... Doing radio in Santa Barbara. I wasn't even on TV yet. I think I just got him when he was a coach at Fresno. Because when did he... When was his last year in Vegas? Uh, He won it in 90. I think he was gone by like 93, though. I can look it up. But yeah, I don't think he was there much longer after he won it. No, yeah. I was thinking that... It went went pretty quick. It was the Fresno one where all my friends back in California by the Daily Breeze, they played... uh, Utah in a big Monday game, and a kid named Dominic Young hit, hit a, a game winner, buzzer, and then turned around and ran to Jerry and, and knocked, knocked him over. And I was standing right there, and laid on top of him because I used to sit right next to the visiting coach before Majerus uh-huh. wanted to one up me and yeah. move me upstairs. And so I sat right next to the visiting coach. And so when he went and ran over him, and I was standing right there, and I had a look of panic on my face because it was a big Monday game that's ending close to midnight, and I was supposed to have a story written. And wait a second, you just screwed it up on me because I had the Utes <laughs> winning, and they hit that shot. He was a UNLV until 92, and then he went to the Spurs. Right. At the start of the 92-93 season and didn't even make it to the first of the year. And I didn't get here until 93, so right. I did not cover him in Vegas. I covered yeah. him at Fresno, and he was a joy to cover. 95-02, had a run at Fresno. Yeah, they had some good games between those two teams. I can remember a Saturday afternoon clash. Oh, and I can remember one time <laughs> over there. And an older guy and a younger guy sitting right behind us in the first row got in a fist fight. Nah. It's like, what, what are you guys doing here? I mean, the guy's like, he was, one guy's like 60, the other guy looked like 25. Don't do that. Security had to jump in there real quick. Brutal. Yeah. All right, we also talked baseball trade this morning. The Dodger fans are all sorts of fired up. Mookie Betts is coming to L.A. Red Sox and Dodgers. Now, the Red Sox give up Betts, but they unloaded a pretty big contract in that deal. David Price has three years left. Betts only has one, and then he'll be a free agent. But Price has three years and is slipping. So come off a 7-5 and five season, and ZRA was high fours. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's uh, all that anymore. No. But he's no. getting paid like he's all that for the next three years. Yeah. Uh, this was a bold move by these guys. 
the Dodgers, and they've watched other teams make these moves. You know, Betts is right in his prime. I mean, he's uh, he's turning 27. Already been the AL MVP. Oh, when they won the World Series two years ago? Yep. At 25? And I really think... Best player in the game. Underrated in all of this. No, I can't. Trout, but second best. Underrated in all of this is now Clayton Kershaw or any other Dodger can go ask him how much the Red Sox were cheating. (laughs) Hey, how much did you really rob us of that World Series? Cameras? Video monitors? Banging on drums? Yeah, but I don't know that there was a significant... I'd have to double-check this. A significant difference. Kershaw, home and away, versus the Astros. Was night and day. Yes. It really jumped out at you. Yes. Everything was changed dramatically. You know what's interesting is two years ago when Betts uh, won... eh, It's not that big of a deal. He had 32 home runs, and last year he only hit 29... And home runs were up last year, but his were down. It's not. It's only three, so it's not that that big of a deal. But at 27, coming into your prime, this, and you're you're acquiring a, a former NL, uh, AL MVP only two years removed. That, that's a great move. Well, his uh, his OPS was over 900 last year, which is down from the MVP year when it was over a thousand. Well, I don't but know. anything yeah, he wasn't going to match that year, right? But anything over 800 gets GM salivating. If you're over 800 in that, you add that on base and the slugging percentage together. And so, so is he it was, to the point of slobbering, though? Yes. Well, at 1,000, I think it is, mm. but not at 900. Because sometimes it could be a problem. Yeah. But at 800, you can still, you can still control a little bit. But at 1,000, you're actually drooling on yourself. My father once had a dispute with his neighbor, and uh, the neighbor took him to court and said he spit on him. And my father said it was a saliva thing. And it was really, really nasty. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. You got involved in a little bit later on uh, when I you were down there. put that guy in his place. Yeah. Yeah. Angry PK. Uh, Dialed in, focused like a laser. Yes. There was a lot of uh, physical violence was there and all sorts of stuff. But uh, And then as my father was uh, in the process of passing away, the uh, neighbors made peace. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's positive. Price three years, ninety-six million. You get all excited about bets, but he's a free agent after he makes his twenty-seven mil this year. And Price three years and ninety-six million to go. But the Dodgers have deep pockets, so what the heck? They're rolling in it. Are you kidding me? Rolling Fifty in thou it. every night. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK. That's a lot of what's going on in sports. What we've been talking about today. Got some feedback coming up. The question of the day. Any question you want answered. We got a few more questions coming in, so we'll answer some of them next. Stay with us for that. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. As another show comes to an end, comes to an end, it's time to hear from you. Is this live right now? From your calls, tweets, and open mics, this is the best feedback of the day. This is why we lost the game. Presented by Strong Audi on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time for your feedback. And it is brought to you by Audi. Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Yeah, it can. 
Did that ESPN article on Andre Iguodala intrigue anyone besides me? Chris Van Campen wants to know. Andre's been in the news a little bit lately. Well, what? What was the article? I didn't read that specific article, but I believe this is about Andre sitting out the year and Memphis paying him but not trading him, but not telling him he's got a report. Seems like a weird deal. Guys who don't show up to play usually don't get paid. He seems to be the exception. Okay, well... But that's been going on the whole year. I mean, what, what, what are we getting at? What's different about uh, it? It's coming up on the trade deadline. I think that's gotten everything fired up. And so I also think that some of the, the Grizzlies. Is that what you're saying? I think some of the Grizzlies also tweeted out stuff about how they can't wait for him to be on another team so they can. Yeah, and then I guess Steph Curry went at John Morant. And yeah. The, these Twitter battles amongst these guys, these young millionaires, I, I, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to it, but I know it's there. I find it amusing. Uh, Somebody says something, and I vowed that uh, I'm never going to get that deep into Twitter anymore. Probably a good, de- good decision by you. Yeah. Rick wants to know, uh, why did Carl get stripped by Jordan? I'm still not over it, because John threw him the ball too soon. Jordan was still lurking in the paint. If John holds it for another half second, until either Jordan... Until clears. Either, until Hornacek is all the way clear, either if Jordan lingers, he throws the ball cross-court to Hornacek for a three... Or, if Jordan stays, and if Jordan finally goes with Hornacek, then you throw it into Carl and he doesn't get stripped. Now, who knows? Maybe he misses the shot or drops the pass or, you know, a million things can happen. But Jordan would have been on the other side of the court and not ready to come up from behind Carl. Because Carl's peeking at the defender who's on him over his left shoulder and doesn't know. Oh, he doesn't Jordan's know. coming the right, no. the right he, he side. He can't. He, right. No. But John did know because he could see. And right. he just threw it a half a beat too soon. If he takes another second... He'd have a clear-cut choice. Stockton would either hit Carl one-on-one. Or four to six sprints. <laughs> and requires Jordan to make a earlier decision. Jeff Hornacek had ran faster. If Do I go? Do I not? Uh, but that was only game six anyway. The kid, the kid Jay Fox, when are you and Aunt PK going to have a bro date and get pedicures? On the 12th. No, I've never. <laughs> LTJ, don't disrespect North Provo High at PK Kinahan when talking about Payson. North Provo High happens to be Timview, a top program in the state at David DJ James. Okay, I didn't disrespect any of them. I think Timview should just be playing in 6A. I have no idea what they play in. I don't know anything about that stuff. 6A, 5A, 4 I don't know what that means. Put everybody up at 6A or move from 4 to 5. That was good. Your Corner Canyon guys moved from 5 to 6. That it's was good. completely and totally meaningless to me. Need all the powerhouses in 6A. All right, great. I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> don't sugarcoat it, PK. Tell me how you feel. You don't care as long as Corner Canyon stampedes to another state title. Sure. Yeah. Your Chargers. I love them dearly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I've got gear. <laughs> why, Harold wants to know, why not one single jazz player invited to the three-point contest when multiple players have higher three-point percentages than half the field? I'd love to hear some accountability for this oversight and see the actual stats. Man, someone cares? Yeah. Harold. Harold cares. Okay, Harold. Because it's about celebrity, Harold. It's not just about the best shooters. 
I think George Hill got left out, the former jazz man who's in Milwaukee shooting 51% from three, and he got left out. And 51% is outrageous to that. That's only a, that's only a couple points off the league record. Yeah, I heard uh, Joe did a podcast when he goes to New York. He does one with that Zach Lowe, mm-hmm. and he didn't get invited early. So and then it's basically, we'll forget you. So he's pouting a little bit there. And and uh, who, who really cares? Does anybody still watch that stuff? Yes. People still watch that stuff. Not I. All-Star Saturday. There's still people watching. Uh, that's like the one weekend I, I focus more on college hoop. That and obviously in March Madness. And in, in the conference tournaments. So it has its time. But for me, that's just all fluff stuff. It's like, get me back to when the games start. When do the games start after the All-Star break? On that Tuesday? Uh, I hope so. They used to, but they pushed it back. I think it's Thursday now. Thursday? In the TNT games. Oh, man. That yeah, seems so long. They, right. That's, that's excruciating. I think, uh, I think that's a LeBron thing. I think LeBron pointed out that the All-Star break isn't a break for the guys who have to fly to the All-Star game. Okay. And he's got, he's got a point there. But for me as a fan, a fan yep. of games, not All-Star games, Thursday, but games. Thursday the 20th, there'll be six games, including the TNT doubleheader. Yeah. Uh, and none of them involve the Jazz. The Jazz are back on Friday the 21st against the Spurs at home. Actually, they come out of the All-Star break with a lot of home games. So. Oh, this year? Did yeah. you say usually? This or year. Or just this year? This year. I don't know what they yeah, usually yeah, do. Yeah, this year. Yeah, they're, they're going to be year, home for like two, three weeks. They've got a lot of home Including games the All-Star the break. break. Right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're all done. Tony and Austin are up next.